I'm Natalia Loback, and this is Change Course. Use your opportunity. If you go out and ask people if it's a good time to implement change, you're always going to hear no. The truth is, it's never a good time to implement change. There's always something else that's higher priority. We as humans try to put off or avoid the things that are difficult. And so when we're thinking about implementing big transformative change, it's never the right time. And there's never a good time. So planning ahead for some of these big changes can be difficult. As a change manager or a change leader, you've got time to wrestle with. So when we're thinking about project management, we talk about time, budget, quality. Same is true for change management. So you're always looking at how much time do you have? How much time can you devote to this? What budget do you have? How much can you actually spend? How much is the organization willing to spend? And then quality as well. So how much effort can we put into making sure that this change is efficient and that we get quality results out of our investment? When we're thinking about time, What I often do coming into an organization is we look at the rhythm of the organization. We look at the rhythm and the pace of organizational life, and we try to pick a time for our implementation that makes sense for the organization. Sometimes you have the ability to do this. Other times you don't. Uh, You have to work with a timeline that is set out for you or Potentially, the organization has a timeline that they need to stick to, so you don't have the ability to do that. But whatever timeline you pick, remember that whatever feedback that you get from people, it's always going to be, this is not a great time because can't we do this later? Or I really would have preferred if you'd picked X or Y month, week, day, whatever. Generally, there isn't going to be consensus that there is a good time for this. The best thing to do is ensure that your sponsor and your most powerful stakeholders are aligned and that the decision to bind your change by time and also set that milestone ahead such that you know what you're aiming for is something that you need to ensure that you have commitment from your sponsor and your most powerful stakeholders. The other thing that often happens with change is that we hit bumps in the road. So we set that bearing point. Um, We know where we're going. We set that course. But inevitably, you're going to have things that happen on your journey. Uh, A storm might kick up. There might be Uh, 
hazards in the way. Many things can happen and often many things do happen as we're looking at change. There's such a long timeline as part of change projects. We're looking at six months, nine months, 18 months. It's a long time and a lot can happen in that time. Part of the reason why I called this podcast Change Course is because Every single time that I have been working on a change, we've had to change course multiple times. We know what the destination is, but the circumstances around us change and we've got to change what we're doing, change the direction we're going, change the focus that we have in that moment or the planned focus for the next little while based on information that comes up or changes that occur that we don't have control over. So inevitably, in order to still make it to that final destination, you're going to change course a few times. There are going to be things that happen and you've got to be ready to deal with them. So where am I leading with this? Part of success and change has to do with not making it a big bang. So when we are approaching a system implementation or a big organizational change, Yeah, you know, there is going to be that date where you exit the old world and you enter the new, but it's very hard for people to adjust to change when everything comes at once. In the best work that I've seen, change is introduced at various points in that timeline through increments. Yes, you still have that big change that occurs, but the preparation for change involves incremental change, little things that change and that occur. One of the principles that I like to use from behavioral science around change is called habit stacking. Now, in change management, this looks a little bit different. Let's say that you are somebody who is trying to change a habit. Let's make it really simple. You want to make sure that you clean your kitchen once a week. And right now, maybe that's difficult. You don't do it. And, you know, it's something that you're not looking forward to and it just never gets done. One of the ways to change the way you approach it is to add something that you enjoy to that habit. So I'm going to clean the kitchen. I don't like cleaning the kitchen, but I'm going to do it. But what I am going to do is I'm going to get myself a podcast that I like listening to or an audiobook, and I'm going to spend 45 minutes listening to that uninterrupted while I clean. Something that I love to do, listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks. Maybe uh, it's putting something on the TV while you do it, watching something that you like. Listening to really good music is another way to think about this. But yeah, Habit stacking. So you do the thing that you like with the thing that you dislike, and it actually makes it easier to adopt that habit. Just because you dislike cleaning the kitchen doesn't mean that you can't enjoy the process. And that's the principle. So when we're looking at change and implementation, this is another way to do it. So pairing something that people like or enjoy with the new change or pairing rewards or recognition with that change. So that's the idea that um, goes along with this incremental type of change. So ways that I've seen this done, running contests for adoption or uh, process 
adherence in the new system, um, in an IT system, we did this. And the team that had the most success adding that in won a uh, team lunch. Another thing we did was once the first team got to uh, 10,000, the number 10,000 in terms of interactions inside the system, we had a celebration. And the first team that got to 10,000 had a celebration. And then the next team that got to 10,000 had a celebration. So we're pairing those types of rewards. And there wasn't really anything, you know, we didn't hand out trophies, we didn't hand out awards, we just did something nice for the team, made it a little bit more enjoyable for them to meet that milestone. And as one team passed that threshold, the other teams had something to look forward to. It was actually really effective and made it a lot more interesting. Another thing that we did in that implementation specifically was rotate out the more tedious tasks. And so in the past where the team had one person dealing with the very tedious work the backbreaking stuff that nobody wanted to do, the boring stuff. What we did was we actually had that on rotation. And so the team of five split that task based on per day. So, you know, a different person would come in and do that task for the day and then someone else would do it. So sharing the load of the more difficult and uninteresting stuff made it a lot easier for this team to work together and work through those more uninteresting, difficult and boring things that they didn't want to do. Going to tell a little story for the last part around using opportunities. So Sometimes a course change can be helpful. Sometimes a change in the environment can actually be used to accelerate or support the change that you're making. So a little bit of 90s nostalgia. I know you love this when I do this. So back in uh, the early 90s, my family took a trip to visit my mom's cousin, who we call Aunt Linda, in Arizona. And they lived in Phoenix and we went on March break. So winter break, it was cold here. We went down to Arizona. They had a pool. It was awesome. One of the things that my sister and I were super interested in at the time was the desert. We'd never seen a desert before. We'd never seen cacti. The only cacti we'd seen were on the Looney Tunes. So we really wanted to see desert. We wanted to see the cacti. We wanted to see this stuff in real life. One of the things that was going on in the early 90s was that there was this very exciting change in style happening. And this was at the time when my sister and I were really starting to become conscious about style and what you wore and what that meant. One of the things that we really wanted, because everybody had them, were LA Gear high tops. If you don't know what those are, look them up, uh, go to the internet, uh, search LA Gear high top 90s, and let me tell you, those things were amazing. So pink and sparkly and amazing, perfect for preteen girls, and let me tell you, Only the cool girls at school had those shoes. Well, my parents were, let's say, 
they didn't quite agree with us on style at the time. They thought that high tops were inappropriate shoes. And I'm laughing a little bit now because um, that's changed. But at the time, they thought that high tops were very inappropriate shoes. And also, they were really expensive, these LA gear high tops. And so spending the money on them, they just didn't see the point of it, especially when we were two young girls growing really quickly and we'd grow out of this stuff in, you know, six to nine months. So why spend the money when you're just going to grow out of it? Better to invest in higher quality shoes that are going to last for the time that you need them and then get new ones instead of always having these extremely expensive stylish ones that you're then going to have to replace constantly. So off we went to Arizona. We go into the desert and we see all of these amazing cacti. And my sister cannot help herself. She sees a little ball of cacti on the ground and she kicked it. And the cactus ball wedged itself into her shoe and it could not be removed. In fact, that cactus ball was so wedged into her shoe that when my mother actually got it out, which was extremely difficult, the shoe was completely ruined. Enter Aunt Linda. Aunt Linda was extremely cool. Aunt Linda also had a teenage daughter who was so cool. Oh my goodness. Compared to us, you know, we looked up to our older cousin and she was just amazing. So Aunt Linda comes in and says, you know what? We've got to go to the mall to get you some new shoes because you can't spend the rest of the vacation walking around with broken shoes with your toes peeking out. And of course, my mother was mortified. She would never have that. A child walking around with broken shoes was just not something that we would do as a family. So off we went to the mall. And this was also our first time really shopping in the United States coming from Canada. Let me tell you, there was like everything and more that you could ever imagine, more than what we had in our stores and malls back home. And things were a little bit less expensive too. So all of a sudden, the prospect of high tops started to become a little more real. So my sister found a way to use the opportunity. As we were in the mall, she says, wow, I really love those high tops. Everyone at school has them. And Aunt Linda said, of course, they're LA gear high tops. They are the coolest ones out there. You must have a pair. And my mother was powerless against the will of my sister and Aunt Linda Now, let me tell you, I did not get high tops because I didn't ruin my shoes. I was extremely envious and I, it has still, you know, I have not gotten over it, even though it's funny to tell the story now. So the point of the story is use the opportunity. My sister wanted something that my mother was resistant against. My mother resisted the idea of these really cool, trendy high top sneakers, and my sister desperately wanted them. 
So when she ruined her shoe completely by accident, she used the opportunity and the influence of Aunt Linda to influence my mother. And really, all of the arguments that were made were amazing arguments. Linda saying, the shoes are cool. I let my daughter wear LA gear high tops. So of course, my mother was slightly swayed by that because this is a cousin that she loves and respects dearly. Secondly, the LA gear high tops were much cheaper than they were at home. And so all of a sudden, this resistance around price was gone. And the third piece, my sister promised never to ruin them. Never to kick another cactus. Never to kick any more rocks down the street. As long as she was wearing those Ellie Gear high tops, she would treat them like absolute gold. And so my mother changed, gave in, and bought the high tops for my sister. I tell this story because it illustrates power and influence. So my mother having power, but also Aunt Linda having influence and my sister being able to use Aunt Linda's influence to help. And then also being able to use the opportunity and finding things in the environment that supported that need for change. I hope that this has been helpful and Try to remember when somebody comes to you and says, this is a terrible time for change, or this is not working for me. There's never a good time. But there are opportunities that come based on things that happen in the environment or changes, other things that are happening in the organization, other changes, crisis. I've talked about crisis being an amazing catalyst. Use your opportunity And be ready when they come and learn how to spot them so that you can help yourself and your team and your organization be successful in change. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, I invite you to like, share, rate, and subscribe because it helps others find us. Change Course is brought to you by Chart House Advisory Services and ConnectedChange.com. Our music is Levity by Emily Clausen. Show notes have moved. We're now at ConnectedChange.com. So visit us there under the Change Course podcast page, and you'll find a list of all the resources that I've mentioned here today. While you're visiting us, sign up for the Change Navigator newsletter. You'll keep on top of all things change, and every month we are sharing exclusive content and resources only with our subscribers. So don't miss out. Sign up at connectedchange.com. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's never too late to change course.